one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. In Luke chapter 6, and and tonight I just kind of want to explain what our prayer gatherings are going to look like and, and, and the model for that. And Jesus gives us a model, actually. He says in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says this. He says, why, he's talking to disciples and to all the future people that will read his words in the future. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the river crashed against that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed and the destruction of that house was great. It's great. Everything that's built requires a foundation, amen? Whether it's a house, whether it's a car, I mean, car has to have, I mean, if you take all the bells and whistles off, you have the frame of the car. And I remember, you know, this is in the notes, but I remember uh, when I was still working for the post office, one of my coworkers, you know, she backed into my truck. And on the outside, it just looked like, you know, like it looked more like cosmetic damage. And, you know, everybody was like, you need to take it here, get a quota. You need to take it here, get a quota. You need to take it. So I was like, you need to sue her. I was like, hey, hey, it ain't that serious. Like, I mean, we're just going to get a fit. So I remember when I finally took it to the mechanic that ended up working on it, you know, I'm expecting him just to address the cosmetic damage. And uh, but uh, when the secretary went out, she said, OK, let me survey your truck. And she goes out there and she spends a good minute out there. I'm sitting in the office like, good Lord, like she get lost. I mean, it, 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 you know, it's big and blue is right there you know it's little and blue you know and uh, she comes back in and she has this whole sheet of stuff and the the biggest thing that stuck out was the fact that it had bent the frame the foundation and because it had bent the foundation therefore that went to a whole nother list of things that had to be done because the foundation I mean once you penetrate that everything has to be redone the foundation it has that much importance Everything built is built on a foundation. If it doesn't have a foundation, it will not last. You know, for the believer, our foundation is Jesus. If you've placed your trust and confidence in Jesus, he is your foundation. Maverick City sings it best. Christ is my firm foundation. Can't sing the rest of it because it's so many words and I forget. But I'm just like, I got that part. He's my firm foundation. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, you know the rest, but Jesus, you my firm foundation. But he is our firm foundation. Why? Because there's nothing that can penetrate him. 
You know, we read it a few, a, few week, uh, a few Sundays ago, but literally we read the scripture where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and nobody can take the life of the good shepherd. I willingly lay it down. I said, you know, I said that was Jesus flexing on everybody in the moment and everybody that would read it. Him saying, listen, I am so God that you can't take what I have. In fact, I willingly give you what I have. You know, so, so the fact that he is that strong and that powerful, he is our firm foundation. And then what that means is it means that when the winds and waves of life come crashing in or when the kingdom of darkness appears like a riptide, because our firm foundation is in Jesus, then we will remain upright. Amen? Amen. Somebody say upright. So I said all that to say this. Your prayers should be built on a foundation. Our prayers should be built on the foundation of God's word. I'll say that again. Our prayers should be built on the foundation of scripture, God's word. Amen. Amen. So and before you pray scripture, you have to read the verses before and after what you're praying in order to get context. Otherwise, you're just cherry picking and you can it, it can be inconsistent. But why should we be praying scripture? The reason we should be praying scripture is because if we're not standing on Christ as our foundation, then a lot of times we find ourselves standing on our wishes. If we're not standing on Jesus, we're standing on our wishes, our wish list. Well, I, I wish this would happen. I hope this is happening. Man, if I had it this way, I would do it this way. I, I wish this. I wish that. And if we're not, if our prayers aren't rooted in Jesus, if they're just rooted in our desires, what's going to make our life easier? I mean, we all have those moments, right? We all have those, you know, we're all guilty of having those prayers. Lord, Lord, if you just give me the, if you, Lord, if you just let me hit 30 million. Lord, you know I don't play the lotto, but Lord, you see how big it is? Jesus, you know what I, you know I bless your church, Jesus? Lord, I, you know, shoot, Jesus, I wouldn't even give you 10, so I give you 20. I cut you 20, Jesus. Lord, if you just give me some numbers as you're driving home. For, Lord, you know it's been a hard day. You know my ball. Jesus, if you just let me. Lord, we all have those wishful prayers, amen. Lord, 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 you know this car ain't worth, worth anything. Lord, if you just give me a brand new Bugatti. I mean, Lord, come on, Jesus. You know, I, I would pick up everybody. i pick up the homeless and bring them to church. I would use them for your glory, Jesus. Listen, I used to be a youth pastor. I've heard it all. <laughs> I, I've heard the... I I've heard all the types of prayers, and even to the point where I'm like, Lord, Jesus, you know I want a Tesla. Like, you know what, Lord, I would use it for your glory. When people say, Lindsay, how you get that? I would point them back to you, Jesus. I would do it. I said, Lord, you know what color I want, but I'll settle for plain white. i like, Lord, you know I want the black, the nice all-sleep black, but I would settle for the plain white looking like a piece of paper. Jesus, I would take it. And, I, I mean, we all have those. We all have those moments. But at the end of the day, if your prayers aren't rooted in Jesus, then there's a problem. Amen. We should be praying, we should be rooting our prayers in scripture, not our wishes. So let me give you point number one. Prayer is not meant to bring your wish list into reality. It's meant to align your reality with the reality of heaven. Prayer is not meant to bring your wish list into reality. It's meant to align your reality with the reality of heaven. In other words, as it, is on, as it is in heaven, so be it on the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Jesus told us, he said, on earth as it is in heaven. So our prayers, they're meant to bring our reality. They're meant to align, realign our reality with the reality of heaven. 
I talked about it before, but you know, obviously with my truck, that was one example. But if you've ever been in a a, a, a car collision or anything like that, a lot of times, if uh, a lot of times, what the mechanic has to do or the body shop had to do, they had to realign the car back to its original setting. And when we are praying, that's that's the hope. That's the that's the whole purpose of you being realigned with your original setting in God. You, uh, those desires, those selfish desires being realigned to where they match the type of desires that God wants us to have, that God hopes that we have, that God created us to have, where we become more, uh, more patient or, or where we become more agents of change, more agents of peace, more agents of righteousness. Why? Because during prayer, our prayer is rooted in Jesus. And as it's rooted in scripture, we're being realigned. We're being reminded of who we are. Amen. So when you pray scripture, you are no longer trying to convince God of your viewpoint. You're now coming into agreement with his viewpoint, his reality. See, when we're praying scripture, we we come into his reality. We're agreeing with him instead of trying to get him to agree with us. Amen. You ever try to you ever try to get somebody to agree with you? Sometimes it could be an uphill battle. But with God, you know, it's not meant for us to try to get him to agree with us. No, it's for us to say, "Okay, Lord. Your will be done. Even Jesus to the point, Lord, I don't, I don't desire this pain that I'm about to endure. Nevertheless, your will be done. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, Lord, I really don't want to have to. Lord, you know I don't want to see this person again because you know they're going to give me a hard time. But nevertheless, you've placed me in their life for a reason. Amen. Versus, you know, just leaving that. Lord, you know I don't want to be around them. Why I got to do this again? Oh. Jesus, give me the strength to do it. Instead, what, what, how, how, how better is it for our mental state when we can see it as, Lord, I don't want to be around this person, but you have placed me in their life for a reason. So, Lord, show me what that reason is. Show me what that reason is. Lord, show me how I can pray for them. Show me how I can intercede for them. Show me how I can give to them or show me how I can be more like you to them. Amen. Amen. Point number two. Every problematic area in your life should be a prayer point. Every problematic area in your life should be a prayer point. Every problematic area in your life should be a prayer point. Amen. Can I give you an example of this? <clears throat> We're talking about how when we pray, we should be rooting our prayers in Scripture. And this, is, and this is one of the things we're going to be doing going forward, especially in the prayer gatherings on Sunday. You know, our leader, I have uh, different things that we'll be praying about, and everything will be rooted in Scripture. And if you're like, hey, I, I need prayer for this, then guess what? It's going to be a moment to where we get to show you, yes, we'll pray for you on that. But also, here's where the Bible says, so you can stand on it when you're not in our presence. When you're in the car and it's just you trying to trying to motivate yourself to pray, instead of you having to muster up the strength, you be like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't have to fake this. The word already says that this is supposed to be my reality. I'm just going to come into agreement with it." But let me give you an example. A problematic area, uh, one problematic area that everybody experiences is provision, needing provision, amen, or finances, lack. Living check to check. These are all problematic areas in our life. And if you are experiencing that problematic area, then let me give you some scriptures that you can build your prayer upon. Amen. One of those is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 
Paul says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Watch this in Psalms 23.1, and I promise we'll go back to these in just a minute. In Psalms 23.1, literally says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Another one is Psalms 34.10. I love this. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Amen? Amen. So if we're going back up to verse 8 in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, if we're looking at the scripture, if you're like, okay, Lindsay, instead of, you know, the moment that we're, we're just overwhelmed with living from paycheck to paycheck or the moment where we just want to say, God, I need you to provide for me. Instead of just saying that sentence, Lord, I need you to provide for me, literally we can pull up scripture like this scripture and see where it says, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. If it's me and I'm praying, instead of me just saying, Lord, give me more money, Lord, provide more money for my kids, provide da, da, da. I can say, Lord, I thank you. Your word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, because your word says that you make every grace overflow to me, because your word says that in every way I always have everything I need and I'll excel in every good work, I thank you that you're providing money on my behalf. All I did was take the scripture and build a house upon it. All I did was take a scripture and build a house upon it. And it's not that we're having to be like, God, remember you said, but no, we are building a house upon it. Jesus literally said that the what it looks like to follow him and to listen to his words, hear his words and listens to his words is this right here, rooting your prayer in scripture. This is something Brother Norval Amazona taught us all the time. Tracing back years and years, something Kenneth Hagin taught us all the time, building, basing your prayers in Scripture, not just basing your, your prayers on your flesh, not just basing your prayers on your wish list, but saying, okay, Lord, this is what I need, but also where, where in your word does it align with what's going on in my life? Okay, I, I see where it lines up in your word. Okay, that's what I'm going to pray, and that's what I'm going to believe. That's what I'm going to put my faith in, amen? In, second, in, uh, in Psalms 23.1, where it says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd, I always have more than enough. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that your word says in Psalms 23.1 that I lack no good thing. I always have enough. So, Lord, I thank you right now. You see where you see all the areas that, that I need help in. So I thank you right now because you are faithful to your word. I thank you. You are providing. And you get detailed with it. You get detailed with it. You need extra money for the wedding? Lord, I thank you right now. Psalms 23.1 says that you are the good shepherd and you provide for me. So I thank you right now, Lord. We need this and we need that. And because you are my good shepherd, you know what's good for us. You will provide what's good for us. That's simple. Lord, I thank you right now. We need the money for the rent. Lord, I need money for the insurance. Lord, I need money for school pictures. Lord, I thank you. You are my good shepherd and you are providing everything that is good for me. Build your house upon the word. That way when the storms of life come and when it beats against it, and it Jesus never promised that we weren't going to go through storms. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of following Jesus is that everything's going to be peachy. You're going to get to eat the box of Lucky Charms and not gain weight. You're going to get to walk on the cloud. You're going to get to sleep in. And the sun's going to rise and the birds are going to sing, how great. It's thy God, not your God, our God, but thy God, you know. And it's not that. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not that, because that would be a little creepy. But what Jesus did promise us is when we go through the storms of life, he will be the one with us. Amen? 
you know, I know that I know I, I leave this area for mom to for mom to, to dally in. But there's an episode. There's a scene in The Chosen. I had to go there for a minute because even like I was upstairs and I just kind of peeked around and watched, you know, because you don't want to be into it. But, you know, you just kind of. You know, hey, what's, and there's a scene where literally it shows where Jesus is walking on the water and Peter is distracted. Or he, he's, not, he's not just distracted, he is upset and he is frustrated. And I love this because when he falls in the water, I never thought about it. I never thought about what his perspective of as he's, as he's falling underneath water because he was a fisherman. And you mean to tell me a fisherman for all of his life don't know how to swim? See, a lot of times when we get so distracted with all the problems that we have, we forget to even do the basic things. And in that moment, Jesus recognized that this man had forgotten who he originally was. And I love that because it shows in the scene, all you see is him drowning underwater and you see this hand. And I remember when I saw that hand going, I shouted, I was like, oh, Sunday, yes. But you just see the hand of God sticking underneath the waves and pulling him right back up. And that's what Jesus does as we are drowning, even to do the most basic things as we're drowning, as it feels like we're drowning, as it feels like we're but we can't even manage to keep our head above water. Literally, he sticks his hand right into where we were and pulls us right back up. Amen. <laughs> you can. You can. Mm. I might have to go pull that scene back up on YouTube just to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And see, that's, that's a scripture we can build our, our hope upon in the midst of things being overwhelmed. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that even when Peter was drowning, you picked him up. And just as you picked him up, you are picking me up. Amen. Paul said that we've been raised into new life. It didn't say that we've been scooped into new life. It meant raised. Amen. See, when I raise my kids, you know what I do? Because I'm smart about it, I've been with, I, I learned this at the post office, bend with your knees, put all the strength in your knees, and pick them up. And, and, and when I do that, that's how I'm able to throw them in the air. It makes everybody nervous, but I know what I'm doing. Don't, it's okay, Grady. It's okay. <laughs> but when I pick them up, all their, all, watch this, when I pick them up, all their weight is upon me. And when Jesus raises us, all that we have is placed upon him. Hey, Shonda, yes, amen. So I'm encouraging you, every problematic area should be a point of prayer for us. Every problem, every problem we face should be, uh, should be a, a, a road or a highway that takes us to praying. The moment that something isn't going right, we should be praying. Well, Lindsay, that means I'm going to be praying every day. Okay. Yes, it's better than cursing every day. It's better than, watch this, it's better than worrying. Jesus said that you can't even add a centimeter to your height by worrying. That's how much power worrying doesn't have. In fact, on the, on the physical sense, you go to the doctor and your blood pressure is high, you know what they're going to say? Have you been under a lot of stress? Why? Because the worrying can do that. And next thing they'll say, you know, have you been eating a lot of salt? But most of the time, the first question they always ask is, have you been under a lot of stress? Worrying. There's no point of worrying. Amen? Amen. Another example of a problematic area, health. Oh, Lord. Whether it's, whether it's mentally or physically or emotionally or spiritually, there are scriptures that we can build, we can base our prayers in. Amen? Amen. There are scriptures that we can pray. For example, let me give one. 
<clears throat> All right, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. Watch this. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous hand, right hand. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. I love this because, listen, no matter what you're going through health-wise, if you're going through something mentally, you can build your, you can build your house upon the scripture. Lord, I thank you that in Isaiah 41, verse 10, you promised me that for me not to fear, you told me not to fear, you promised me that you would be with me. You told me not to be afraid because you said that you are my God. Lord, you promised me that you would strengthen me. You promised me that you would help me. You promised me, God, that you would hold on to me with my righteous with your righteous right hand so lord i thank you even in the midst of feeling lonely even in the midst of feeling like everybody's forsaking me i thank you lord it is an illusion because your word says that you are holding on to me amen, amen. can i tell y'all a story i remember my my uh my second year of bible college i was struggling with depression like you would not believe it parents don't even know this dre didn't even know it but i was struggling with depression like you wouldn't believe it and I remember me and Nick, we, we, uh, we made the dumb decision because we had, a, we had it on Easy Street in my apartment. But then, hey, hey, I heard that. <laughs> and, but we decided, you know, well, shop, we decided, hey, we need to save more money. Sometimes, you know, I've always heard everybody say, you pay for what you get. You know, you pay, you pay for what you get. My, one of my best friends, he's always told me, you know, you get what you pay for. You know, you, you get something cheap, a lot of times the quality is going to be cheap. You know, if you get something super cheap, don't complain when it only lasts for 20 minutes. And, you know, we, we didn't ask why our, uh, you know, at the time I worked two jobs when I was in college. I worked at Little Caesars and I worked at this furniture store delivering furniture. That's probably why mom has me move, you know, stuff out of the attic. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had to, just had to. But um, uh, our boss, he was renting uh, a duplex. And we didn't think to ask why was this duplex $200 cheaper than what we were already paying for at a very nice apartment with, with you know, a pool and a gym and all that, you know, laundry room. Yeah, we decided let's save $200. Man, think what we could do with that extra $200. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, there's a reason why it was, it was uh, I think it was uh, – 495 or right at 500 a month. There was a reason it was over there. It was on the it was on the side of town that nobody visited. It was uh, it was actually it was uh, it was uh, <laughs> oh lord it was three blocks away from an adult bookstore. It was two blocks away from a from a bar, a very popular bar, and then uh, it was right beside the uh, the undeveloped highway. I mean, lord, we was we was. I remember when Mom, Dre, and Granny come to visit. Oh God, <laughs> I, I, you know I ain't never seen Mom so so depressed. I was like, I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> we were trying to save money. Bless the heart. All of them just went to Walmart, went to Goodwill, went everywhere they could find to try to clean the place and get new furniture. It was just, it was a mess. But I remember during that state, I struggled with depression. And I had all kinds of thoughts that were, that were just very dark. And I remember one time sitting in the middle of the kitchen. Nick had already gone to work. And it was two hours before I was supposed to go to work. I remember reading my Bible and just being so angry. I'm like, God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to have to be wrestling with these thoughts. I don't, I don't want this to be my reality. I don't want to have to smile in people's face. But, under, and, but on, the, on the inside, this is what I'm struggling with. I said, Lord, I need you right now. Lord, I need the Jesus that I read in the Gospels. I need G Jesus. I need you in my kitchen right now. 
And no, he didn't appear in a physical form. He didn't appear audibly, but his presence, oh, it filled that kitchen. And I remember turning to the, I remember him leading me through the gospels into my favorite scriptures still to this day, John 15, 16, where Jesus tells the disciples, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And then there's a comma after that. And then he says a few other things and I could quote the scripture, but all I saw was those words right there. And for a kid that was struggling with his place in the world to see that God, that even though I didn't choose, he chose me. And what I, the next thing I did, I took every, I took, I went to the, I went to the Walmart. I got a pack of sticky notes. I came back and I wrote that scripture down and I wrote it a bunch of times and I got taped and I taped it all over my room. And then when I, when I, once I memorized that and once I believed it in my heart, then I started going through other scriptures, finding, I was going through the word and finding other scriptures to build my house upon. And by, and within a week's time, my wall was full of different scriptures. You are the head and not the tail. God has chosen you even when you didn't choose him. Another sticky note said to bear fruit in every season. And then when I got really comfortable with it, I opened up the commentary and started diving into what those scriptures. So then I had sticky notes for the sticky notes that said in the Hebrew, it says this. And guess what? That means you in the in the Greek. I was going through that way when I would wake up and I covered my at one point, I covered my mirror with scriptures. That way, when I went to look, I saw who God saw. Mm. That way when people, when I, would, when I would go home and I would run into people and be like, hey, man, you remember that one time, that, the times that I would be embarrassed about, I could be reminded, hey, that was the past, and that's covered under the blood. And guess what? I am a new creature. I am the new creation. All things have been made new within me. There is a new Lindsay that walks among everybody. There is a new Lindsay that can hold his head up. There is a new creation that you're looking at. Build your house upon the word. That, when, that way, when the devil tries to do what the devil loves to do, it will not stand. Amen? It will not stand. I love this. Isaiah 41, verse 10, we just read it. If you're struggling with your health mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, here's another scripture. We all know it. But watch this. In 1 Peter 2, 24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. We all know this as by his stripes, we are healed. I love this. I used to hear my mama, my granny, sister Renee, everybody, brother Norval, Ms. I used to hear everybody say, the moment we would get sick, by your, by, Lord, I thank you right now, by his stripes. Lindsay is healed. Y'all didn't realize it, but y'all were sowing the seeds back then for us to build our house upon the scripture. Yes. At one point when I was driving today, I got tired of coughing with my scratchy throat. And I said, I'm done with this. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. By your stripes, I am healed. I'm healed of this. Whatever that's, whatever's trying to attack my body, I'm healed of this. I thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, you've given me medicine, and I will take the medicine when I get home. But, Lord, I thank you, Father God. The medicine is nothing like your glory. Amen. I, you know, and, and really, Peter, all Peter quotes is Isaiah 55, verse 2. I didn't put it up here. It's the same, but the words are different. I love it. If you want to, you can just listen to it. But it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. I like the fact that it says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You know what crushed means? You ever crushed a can? You, you demolish it. There's nothing left when you crush it. And there was supposed to be, he, he endured that type of pain, times, infinity. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. 
So therefore, there is a level of peace that we are supposed to be walking and living in. Well, Lindsay, I'm not in a state of peace. Okay, well, guess what? You need to get some scriptures out that talk about peace. Lindsay, are you saying I need to hunt and search in the word and dig in the word? Yes. Not only are you called to, to, to make disciples, you're called to be a person that digs deep. Better, better yet, what do you want your walk to look like? Your walk will look like, your walk will only look like as deep as your roots are. Your walk will only look like as what is deep. Your walk will only look like the deepness of your roots. We have a tree that's in our yard. It's, it's in, in the back. It's in, the, it's in a pot. It's a nice, tall, little tree. Bless the heart. It, man, it's holding on. It's holding on. But it has potential to get bigger. But it won't get bigger because it's, in, it's already in a contained area. A lot of times we contain our walk. Because we won't dig deeper into the word. We won't dig deeper into our prayer walk. We won't dig deeper into spending time with God. You, I said it last Sunday, you have nothing to lose by praying. You have nothing to lose by setting aside five minutes and spending time with the Lord. Lindsay, why do you always keep talking about that? Because that's how we grow. It's the same thing I have to tell the boys. They're like, Daddy, why do we have to go to sleep? I said, Buddy, do you want to be short for the rest of your life? Like this short. I said, do you want to be like here? They're like, no. I said, okay, you have to grow. Your bo- God has designed your body that it grows while you are asleep. I said, also, do you want to be angry all your life? Because if you don't sleep, you will be angry. I said, do you want to be, uh, do you want to be bumping into walls? Because guess what? Your eyes are going to barely be open, and you're going to be bumping into stuff. They're like, no, no, we don't want that. I said, then go to sleep, okay? <laughs> go to sleep. Also, do you want your daddy to be happy? That's what I got to get personal. Yes, we want you to be happy. Go to sleep. <laughs> It is for daddy's mental health that you go to sleep. <laughs> I said, otherwise, it's not going to be good for everybody that's around your daddy. I said, we want, to, we want daddy to be nice to people, right? I mean, like, I got to, if you've ever, listen, we, we, pray for us, okay? Pray, that, pray our strength of the Lord, saints. That's all I'm saying. Pray our strength of the Lord. Third John, verse 2, says, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you. Mm. I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it as it goes well with your soul. I pray that your soul may prosper. I pray that you prosper and that your soul may prosper. So God does desire for us to prosper and our souls to prosper. That soul. So therefore, mentally, if you if you struggle with mental health, this is you can definitely build a house on that. Third John Chapter 1, verse 2, Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you care about my mental state to the point that you want not only me to physically prosper, but you want my soul to prosper. So, Lord, I thank you right now. Whatever it takes for my mental health to prosper, may, I thank you for you releasing that right now. I thank you for you making that a reality, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. You are the God that cares about my mental health. You are the God that cares about my my anxiety. You are the God that cares about the insecurities I wrestle with. You are my good shepherd. You are my good shepherd. Amen. These are just a few examples of of different scriptures. I I give you some homework tonight. Whatever, Whatever problem that you have, whatever problem that you're facing, Whatever problematic area, whether it's stress about this, stress about the future, Lord, how am I going to, I'm trying to plan this, but this ain't adding up. He don't want to do this, and I've always wanted to do this. Or, Lord, I have, I have, these, I have this deadline that I got to meet, and I don't know how I'm going to meet it. Whatever problem it is, when you find yourself stressing about it, say, 
Okay, time out. Whether get, get your Bible or get your phone, you know, for those that have the Bible app, I'm going to show you one of the things I like to do. Get on the Bible app and hit search. And type in whatever it is that you are struggling with and find scriptures that line up with it. And if you can't find anything on the Bible app, go to Google and type in verses about, I did this before, verses about dealing with, or I typed in verses about parenting, scriptures about parenting, scriptures about sickness, whatever it is. Scriptures about anxiety, scriptures about mental health, and just begin to look, find the scriptures, and then open up your Bible and see what matches up. And see what bears witness with your spirit. And see where it says, and like we said, Isaiah 41, verse 10, fear not for I am with you. See where the word says that he was pierced for our transgressions. See where it says in Psalms 143, verse 7, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. See where it says in Psalms 30, verse 2, O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have heard me and healed me. See where it says that the one thing that we desire is to be in the presence of God and he keeps us in perfect peace when we keep our minds stayed upon him. See where it says these things in the word. See where it says that he is our rock and our fortress. You know, maybe, uh, maybe not next week, but maybe the week after or whatever, we can talk about uh, worshiping with the word, singing with the word. But you can even take scriptures and sing the scriptures. We do it all the time. We've done it since we grew up. One of the most famous ones. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work. Sometimes when I find myself coveting and looking at, Lord, especially when I do the nice neighborhoods, Lord, look at that. Lord, Lord, I wish we had that. I wish I could provide that for my, my boys. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of how I shouldn't be desiring that I should be content with what he's doing and, and understand that he is working things out behind the scenes. One scripture I love to sing is, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I trust in the name of the Lord our God. Because it reminds me that guess what? Everybody may have the nice things, but the nice things don't compare to the Lord our God. Who puts his trust in me, the fact that he placed me in this society, placed me in this time, placed you in such a time as this. This isn't just a random year. This isn't just a random month on a random night. But he has appointed you and placed you for such a time as this. You, are, you have been prepared for such a time as this. Build your house on the word. Amen. Build your house on the word. Let the word be your firm foundation. Jesus said the best. He said, this is what it looks like to hear his words and follow them. It looks like us basing our prayers, rooting our prayers in scripture, not just our wish list. No longer should our prayers be rooted in our wish list, but our prayers should be rooted in scripture. And what's going to happen when you, when you root those prayers in scripture, you're going to find, you're going to see the discrepancies. You're going to see the difference between your will and God's will. And what's going to happen if you're humble enough to be like, you know what, Lord, I did desire that. And, Lord, you know what, one day you may give me that. But, Lord, right now what you have for me, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And, Lord, guess what? You, you promised me in your word if I seek your kingdom, everything else will be added to me. And, Lord, guess what? Because you are the good shepherd, you know that the desires of my heart, you know if they're good for me, then you'll give them. Why? Because guess what? I love my boys so much. But, you know, they, 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 uh, they want candy in the mornings. Now, I could be the fun dad that grants their wish list and give them candy in the morning. 
or I could be the good dad and give them the right thing that will provide nutrients to their body. A lot of times we, we lump God into, God, you ain't a good God because you know I desire this, and I, I ain't seeing it happen. Well, he's like, no, I know you desire that, but that's not going to feed you. That's not going to nourish you. That's not going to enable you to hold your head up. That's not going to free you from the insecurities and the anxiety. That's not going to lower your blood pressure. But what I got for you over here, it's not as flashy. It's not as glamorous. It's not as glittery. It's not as trendy. But this over here, it's going to keep you all the days of your life. It's going to keep you from having to go to the doctor. It's going to keep you from crying yourself to sleep. Oh, yes. And that's what I want. I want what he has for me. Amen. Let your prayers be rooted in the word of God. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.